We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation, special edition of Knicks Fan TV Live. We are live here at Clyde's Wine and Dine. CP the Franchise here. My guy Jake Brown, radio executive producer of several New York Post sports podcasts. We are here live at Clyde's Wine and Dine for the uh, Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation luncheon, Knicks Legends Lunch. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. We have uh, It's a private event. A lot of fans coming in to uh, celebrate Dr. Barnett and some of the Knicks legends from the 70s teams. Uh, obviously, Clyde will be in attendance. We'll have uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe. Dr. Dick Barnett is here. Uh, some of the supporting cast, Mike Reardon is here. Bill Hoskett is here. Spike Lee is here as well. So uh, we will hear from some of these guys. And we're going to be taking your phone calls on, on the latest Knicks news and rumors as well. Draft, free agency, uh, anything you guys want to talk about. Phone lines are going to be up. The Discord is up as well. So we're just going to vibe out, have a show. The show goes on from uh, 12 to 2. So, so we'll be here all day. Hopefully you guys are able to join us. And, and uh, once again, make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up button for your boys. Knicks Fan TV Live. Jake, how, how you feeling, man? The question is, who's going to have the fly as Blazers? Because Dr. Barnett yeah. is fly. Clyde, we know, yeah. is fly. Yeah. Earl's fly. Those guys had that style, like the pre-studio yeah, 54 days. Yeah, yeah. That your Blazers got nothing it, on it's, that. It, yeah, well, I'm, I'm lame today, man. I know Clyde is going to come in here for something fresh. Dr. Barnett, I had the opportunity to interview him last month or two months ago, and he was fresh, man. He was fresh. I don't even think he took his his his, his sunglasses off. These he guys have styled and profiled their whole yeah. lives, so we yeah. got nothing on them. I'm I'm excited to see that. I yeah. think the most. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to uh, you know I've met Clyde a bunch of times here, and and he's a great guy. Obviously, a Knicks legend who I, I wish I would have seen in his prime. I'm excited to see Earl the Pearl Monroe. Excited to meet Dr. Barnett in, in person. You know you know having interviewed him uh, online, it would be nice to meet him in person. And so uh, it's for a good cause. It's a fundraiser for the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation as well. There is a link in the video description to uh, participate in the silent auction. There's a silent auction going on during the event where you can get exclusive Knicks memorabilia. So click on that link. 
uh, participate in the auction and, and all the proceeds go to the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation. Uh, so it's for a worthwhile cause and, and we'll hear from Dr. Barnett in, in just a few minutes. Um, Jake, CP, these guys yeah. had nicknames. Fallback Baby. Fallback Baby. Earl the Pearl. Yeah. What happened to these nicknames? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, the Fallback Baby, man. Fallback Baby. It's, uh, th- those are some great times, man. I'm, I'm sure New York City was rocking and, and rallying behind these guys in the 70s, man. You can only imagine what that was like. We weren't even a fetus yet. We, we yeah. weren't even born. Not, not even a twinkle in my father's eye, man. Not even a twinkle in my I father's eye. I wish I was alive. God, yeah. the Mets, Jets, and Knicks all yeah. in the same year. Imagine the pandemonium in New York. Will that ever happen again? No, <laughs> it's the, never. It's the question. Will one of those teams ever win again? The Will Jets one of won't? those teams ever win again, man? Will one of those teams ever win again? But the Mets seem like they're in good standing, though, right? This year, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I am there like almost every day. I, yeah. That's my second. I'm there more than I'm home at City Field. Um, so the Mets are exciting. The question is, can our Knicks get there in this next year? They're getting closer and closer, but getting in the closer. next three- to five-year window, can we bring a title to the Garden? It's going to be hard, man. But, but you know, I, I have faith in Leon and Wes and, and Scott Perry, who's, who's being brought back on, on an extension. I feel like they have a plan. They have a framework in place. They have their targets. Uh, I don't think they will, you know, overspend on, in certain areas as, as previous regimes have. And so I think part of basketball is just getting lucky, man, just being in the right place at the right time to, uh, to acquire talent. And, and I think they're going to put themselves in that position. You know, we have a lot of draft capital, a lot of salary cap, and so now it's just going out and getting the pieces. They have the draft capital right now as yeah. we speak. Yep. Now the question is, do they have it in a couple of weeks, in a month? Do we'll they see. trade that capital, which we're see. used to them doing, yeah. um, for the likes of Andrea Bargnani? Now we want to get it for yeah. guys like Damian Lillard, right. which we'll, right. I'm sure, get into at some point this afternoon. Yeah. And uh, this is a, a class that's not as good because – Obviously, the, the COVID-shortened year, a different year in yeah. college basketball. The fact that there isn't a distinct number one pick scares you a little bit yeah. when the Knicks have 19 and 21. But, you know, they stocked up this capital, and it's finally mm-hmm. here, and they're mm-hmm. building the right way. They're building the young way, and I think that's what Knicks fans are excited about yeah. with the youth on the roster. You don't have these 35-, 36-year-old over-the-hill guys yeah. here, and I think the future is something to be happy about. Now can the Knicks capitalize on that? That, that's the key. But right now, you got to like what they have in terms of a solid young core Bruin. I mean, RJ's taken another step. I was, you know, encouraged by his second year, the way he elevated his efficiency numbers, 40% from three, got up to 17 points per game, got up to 75% from the free throw line, and just a leader. I feel like RJ is a guy, I feel like you have to be just as sharp mentally as you are on the court I mean, with the ball in your hands to, to survive and thrive in New York. And I think RJ has that makeup. I like that RJ got better as the year went on. It yeah. seemed like he grew as the year went on. Mm-hmm. You know, the first 25 games, it felt like, please don't shoot a three. Then you're yeah. like, please do shoot a yeah, three. Yeah. And that's development. That's a guy who worked on his game mm-hmm. midseason and got better. And you don't see that a lot. The first year, you were like, never shoot a three. Right. And then it progressed like, all right, don't shoot. Maybe shoot if you're open. Yeah. Shoot with a hand in your face. Yeah. And I think he could only get better with a good offseason ahead of him. And, you know, this, the weird offseason screwed with guys, too, because mm-hmm. for the Knicks, it was longer because they, they weren't in the bubble. Yeah. But it was odd. Like, guys weren't at gyms. The COVID shut down. Yeah. So I think now you get somewhat of a normal offseason. training here. camp. Obviously a little different because the Knicks played, you know, into late May or whatever mm-hmm, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a normal summer and a normal training regiment 
is going to help this team yeah. and help young guys like R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, who yeah. in his first year we never th- – I mean, I spoke to him, and mm-hmm. he said he kept the receipts of those grades that he got when mm-hmm. CBS Sports gave the Knicks – The D-plus. Well, D-plus, right? The infamous D-plus. He said he screenshotted that immediately, CP, yeah. and he yeah. said, I used that as fuel, and you could see it. Yep. And, you know, it made me feel old when he said to me, I got my floaters from McCollum and Lou Williams. I'm yep. like, McCollum and Lou Williams, they've – they just got to the league, it yeah, feels like. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, this guy is you know, barely legal. He can't even have a legal drink. And he's getting floaters from guys that are still in the yeah, league. Man. So uh, I'm excited to see IQ if, he, if he's still here. They don't trade him. Uh, and, the, you know, they, they hit it right in the draft. They, they didn't yeah. have the Frank Nilakina miss or, or uh, you know, a, a high Knox, miss. They, Knox. They, and Knox, who yeah, they got to pay Knox $6 million. Dollars That's my guy, though, man. Salute to Kev. But it, it, was, it was a whiff. But uh, I'm, I'm encouraged, especially with IQ. I think we'll, we'll see what happens with Obi Top and how they utilize him next season. I like to see him uh, experimented in the lineups with Julius Randle because I'm just not sure, you know, bringing Obi off the bench. I, I, I want to see them, you know, in, together in the lineup, in a small ball lineup see if they can stretch the floor out a little bit and, and make defenses work out there. But overall, again, you have two high-quality and character guys, and that was um, one of the emphasis um, in this in this past draft in terms of uh, the guys that they were uh, going to select. And, you know, OB obviously being part of CAA and being represented by Leon Sun and quickly coming through uh, the Kentucky program where Wes and Leon, you know, have a great relationship with Calipari. Um, the, the, the relationship was there, the familiar familiarity was there uh, but they got some two high quality and high character kids and so as you said with a full training camp under their belt I'll be out in Vegas for summer league in the next two weeks hopefully they'll be out there playing as well we didn't have that last year so hopefully with that you know we'll, we'll see some progression with our rookies and then we'll see what happens in the draft man you know a lot of trade talk a lot of trade talk early there we have our first guest of the afternoon here he was a member of the 69-70 Knicks as well. Mr. Bill Hoskett. Bill, this is uh, CP here from Knicks Fan TV. We have Jake Brown from New York Post Sports. How are you doing today? We're doing well. Looking forward to this. So great to be back and uh, to see some of the guys. And uh, I just sat down with uh, Dr. Barnett now. He was Dick Barnett when I was here. But uh, uh, Dick reminded me of a mistake I made 50 years ago. It didn't, it didn't take him long. He said uh, – have you tried to guard Lenny Wilkins lately? No. So. <laughs> Doctors don't forget that. No, no, years later, they that's a name from the past to all of you and yeah, to everybody. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, I was in the game giving the Busher a rest, and uh, they ran a little pitchback play, and I switched out onto Lenny Wilkins. I yelled switch, and he hadn't used his dribble yet. And uh, he blew by me, and to this day, I don't know which side he went by on. And, and Dick offered me a windbreaker at the timeout saying – Hey, you got to learn some things. You don't ever, <laughs> with your speed, you don't ever yell switch and check, try to check Lenny Wilkins. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Bill, what made that 69-70 team so special? It was obviously the first Knicks title, but you seem to remember it like it was yesterday. So clearly it was uh, fond memories for you. Oh, it was a tremendous memory. They were uh, not only great players, but great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a group that uh, played together, had to play together. We weren't overpowering large or anything like that or extremely athletic, but uh, – very smart basketball team that knew how to move the ball. Uh, Red Holzman forced us to play defense, whether we wanted to or not. And uh, uh, but it was a great group of guys. Willis was such a great captain, and you know Dick and Clyde in the backcourt, and then Cassie coming off the bench. He was so explosive, and Bill and Dave up front. Uh, it was just a fun team just to be a part of it. And 
in, in that era, uh, you didn't get recognition for doing anything other than winning. And so uh, Bill Russell had kind of set the bar kind of high up in Boston, 13 years yeah. and 11 rings. And so it was all, it was all about winning. And uh, we were really excited to get that first championship for the city. You being part of that Minutemen group, what did you feel like your role was for that team? Well, you know, it was really just to make sure that you didn't hurt the team, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and keep everybody ready. My first year, we had so many injuries. Phil Jackson got hurt, and uh, so some of us had to play where I don't think Coach Holzman really wanted to play us all that much. But uh, – uh, and I would, and after the trade, when we got Dave DeBusher, uh, he was a great mentor to me because uh, Dave guarded the opposing big forward on the other team and gave me a lot of instructions. The five or six <laughs> minutes I would in to give him a blow, uh, he made sure that uh, the guy didn't get his average against me. So he, he was like a coach on the floor for me. I'm curious, were you guys motivated at all by the Mets and Jets winning prior in 69? Were you like, all right, we need to complete this trifecta in New York City? Oh, well, I don't know if we talked about it that much, but it was kind of obvious with the media attention and everything that went on. So, uh, and we became uh, kind of the focal point in the winter. Even the uh, uh, Broadway and actors and uh, the movie people, they would come during the week games. Now, Saturday night, they were somewhere else. But yeah. uh, during, Studio the, 54. during the week, they were behind our bench. And so uh, it was just a fun time to be in New York. And anytime you're winning, it's great. And uh, I've said many times, I, I ended up in the expansion draft a couple years later. But I, I can't imagine being in this city and not winning. It wouldn't be as much fun. Yeah. But uh, I remember the night we won. Uh, we had won 18 straight which at that time was an NBA record later broken by the Lakers. And, uh, uh, but we lost the, I think, going for 19, we got beat by the Pistons in the garden. And the game ended, and we stood up, and we're kind of walking off the floor, and the place started to boo. And then they erupted into like a standing <laughs> ovation. It was kind of like a Bronx cheer, yeah. like – uh, what's wrong with you yeah. guys? You know, you yeah. lost a game. Not, so. not much has changed. Not much has changed <laughs> no. today. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Wow. So in that game seven, you know, you, you had all the drama. Did you know Willis was going to come back? Well, we all had the feeling he was going to try. I mean, if you knew Willis Reed and I roomed with Willis on the road my rookie year, so really got to know him as a person. And that dates us alone because now they all have individual suites. So, yeah. uh, But we had two to a room. But uh, Willis had – such willpower, such dignity. He's a great captain, just a great man. And uh, we knew if in any way possible he was going to play. Then to come out and have the garden erupt the way it did, it was, uh, you know, I've been in a lot of arenas, a lot of games. Uh, you know, we won in high school and went to the Final Four and played in the Olympics. But I never heard a crowd like that seventh game when Willis came out of the locker room. And uh, the Lakers actually stopped warming up and – you know, We're Hall of Famers, you've yeah, got, yeah. you know, Baylor West, you know, Wilt, and they stopped and said, what's going on here? So, and then when he made his first couple of shots, it was, and then Walt had a phenomenal game and took over, and it, it was over from that point on. So, Dave DeBusher, may he rest in peace. How integral was he to that Knicks team? Oh, he was terrific. I mean, Dave was, uh, I think he was born a man. He'd already <laughs> been a player coach of the Pistons when he, you know, at 24 years old. Man. So, when the trade was made, uh, it changed our whole team because not only to give us a great power forward that really understood the game, but 
it moved Willis from a corner back inside where he was more comfortable after Bellamy was traded. Mm-hmm. And Comives uh, was traded, and it brought Walt Frazier to the floor, to the game. And so the team just – it changed the perspective of the entire team. So it, it, it was fun. I, You know, one of my fondest recollections that I tell people when I speak back in Ohio or whatever um, – you know, my first game, I came straight from the Olympic Games, so they were in the fall that year. And so the team had already played four or five regular season games. And so I was introduced that night and just, you know, Red told me, you're not going to play, but you're going to go through warm-ups and they're going to have a little introduction, which they did. But I took my spot on the Nick bench and Walt Frazier was to my left and Bill Bradley was to my right. And they were both college players of the year. And I said, this is a pretty good team. <laughs> They're not in the lineup. It's a cavalcade of stars. <laughs> yeah, right? and they're Jeez. not playing. So you knew you had to bring your A game just to be part of it. But right. it, it, it was a tremendous experience. Wow. You mentioned Lenny Wilkins in here. He's a legendary coach as we know him. But for you, uh, a great player, who, who was, would you say that, that NBA legend who was the toughest guy to, to guard in, in your playing days? Oh, my. Uh, they all tried to career against me. So, I mean, uh, but uh, – Billy Cunningham was so tough. Chet Walker was a great player. Connie Hawkins had so much ability. Uh, Played an exhibition game, not a regular season game, against Dr. J once, and Mm -hmm. he did things we'd never seen done before. And now probably 25 guys in the league can do that. But uh, uh, they were so special. And then and the great teams in Boston, those games were were so tough. And, of course, Havlicek and Siegfried were both alums of Ohio State the way I was. I'm a little bit younger than those guys were, but – uh, I knew how tough they were, and of course Russell, when it was playoff time, was just unreal. I mean, just a great player, and of course Wilt was so imposing, and we had Jerry West. I mean, out yeah. there, uh, just great, great players and uh, guys that really came to compete every night. So it, it was a. I think when they picked the top fifty in the league, we'd played against maybe thirty-seven yeah. of them or something yeah. in that era. Yeah. So it uh, it was pretty phenomenal. Will Chamberlain. That's all I need to yeah, say. Like, that's it. May he rest in peace. Like, what was he like in covering Will Chamberlain? What was that like? He was a monster. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, Will was uh, – people forget how strong he was. They think – call him Will to Stilt and all that. But later in his career, uh, he had really bulked up. And that uh, – the year that we won the championship, the first one in 70 – uh, Wilt had torn his patella tendon during the year and said, I'll be back for the playoffs. And we played him a regular season game toward the end of the year, and he had just gotten off the universal weight machine, which they used at the time, and came in our locker room before the game to talk to, to Willis. And I said, I've never seen a human being look anything like that. I mean, he was like 330 pounds and still looked muscular. His arms were huge, and uh, Wilt was amazing. There's no question. In fact, uh, in the fifth game, which we were fortunate enough to win that year after, that's the year the game that Willis got hurt. Uh, I actually came in for Willis, and uh, that didn't last very long. That didn't intimidate Wilt too much either. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, very seldom do you ever get in a game at my size, you know, and back then, 6'8", 228 or whatever, that uh, you're giving away six inches and, fifth, you know, almost 100 pounds. Yeah. I mean, he was three and a quarter mm-hmm. that year in the playoffs, so. All right, we are back live here from Clyde's Wine and Dine with a special guest making his Knicks Fan TV debut. It is an honor, honor to have the legend Spike Lee here. Spike, CP, Jake Brown here. How, How you doing, guys? What's going on, How you doing? man? What's up? 
Good, good. Well, welcome to uh, Clyde's Wine and Dine. We know that, uh, you know, the 6970 team, uh, you, you, you purchased the, the net and, and Red Holzman's trophy. Um, what did that team mean to you grow, growing up here in, in New York? Well, I was at uh, May 8th, 1970, Game 7. I was 13 years old. And uh, my father's a Knicks fan, so he would take me to uh, the old garden. And these are my guys. These are my guys, you know. And someone, everybody's not here. Dave DeBusher, big time Danny Whalen, the, the trainer, Coach Fred Holzman, uh, Stallworth. So it's it's kind of bittersweet, but these are the these are the guys I grew up with, you know, the the New York Knicks. Spike, you were what, 12, 13? Thir- thir- 13 years old. So you were in the prime of your fanhood as a teenager. So you probably. I don't, I don't know if that was a prime, but. Was it was prime, you know. I would use the word prime. It was, but that's when you start remembering things when you're a teenager. You, you know, when you're 7, 8, you don't remember what's going on with the team. So you got it as like a 13 year old kid. Mm-hmm. So you look back and you seem to remember things 51 years. You remember the specific games, specific moments from that team. Right. Uh, one of my biggest. Memories of that that game, May eighth, nineteen seventy. So you remember the date? Look at that! Come on, fifty one years later. It is that uh, both teams are out, you know, doing pregame warm ups, mm-hmm. and Willis came out of the locker room, dragging his leg, drawing his dragging his leg. That had to be one of the loudest noise I ever heard. I've been in a lot of crazy games, not just in. Uh, Garden, but just in general, Yankee Stadium, Super Bowl, and what people don't talk about is that as I was watching it, the entire Laker team stopped their warm-up drill and turned around to see Willis come out. Will, Will look intimidated, man. I was watching a video. Will look I mean, we're talking about Will Chamberlain, Jerry West. In fact, crazy story. I was at the the memorial for Kobe, and I and I went up to Jerry. I said, "Jerry, I saw you." And he said, "Spike, that wasn't me. That wasn't me." I I, 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 I didn't turn around and look. <laughs> well, I didn't want to get an argument. Isn't after that? In came Elgin Baylor, but I said, "I'm going to leave Elgin alone." <laughs> but uh, three of the greatest players ever. Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, and Will Chamberlain were, they stopped their layup drill to turn around. And the game was one minute. And then Willis hit his first two shots. It was, you know, it was over. We all know the, the one all time great game sevens that Clyde put in. And, uh, like many Knicks fans, we thought that we're going to be winning championships for a long time. You know, we've got another one, 72-73, beat the Lakers again, but it's been a drought yeah. since then. How, how did you feel like that 73 team stacked up to the to the 70 team with, with the addition of Pearl Monroe? Look, I love Pearl. That's my brother. But the first one... <laughs> That's the first one's always the sweetest. Always the sweetest. Yeah. No disrespect to Pearl. I love my brother. In fact, 
Earl Monroe was the technical advisor on He Got Game. Mm-hmm. So every that's time, right, every, right, yeah. every time we had a, you know shooting basketball sequences, he was right by me. Yeah. In the director's chair, both looking at the monitor. But uh, I'm very. I think Coach Tibb is great. Leon Rose, my brother, World Wide West. <laughs> and do some work Thursday. We'll do some work. Big test. You know, with this draft coming up. Yep. We got Stacker draft picks, and, you know, we got to make some moves yeah. to be better. Well, speaking of moves, are you in the Damian Lillard camp? Do you think the Knicks should go all out and make the deal for Dame? Here's the thing, though. You could, there's two ways – I look at it. To get a player of that caliber, you got to give a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened to the Knicks when we got Carmelo? How many guys we yeah. got rid of? It's Carmelo trade and, and all the And I love Carmelo. Come on. That's my Red Hook brother. Yeah. Brooklyn's in the house. <laughs> but if I'm thinking like Dame, yo, I'm going, I'd love to go to New York, but they got to trade half the team. Who am I going to be playing with? So that's the dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dilemma. But we got to get better. I mean, and I believe in Leon Rose, believe in Coach Tibbs, and you know I believe in World Wide West. <laughs> in West we trust. In West we trust. Yeah. So we're going to do we're going to do we got to do. Well, it's such a star-driven league spike that they need to bring another star. The draft picks aren't going to do it. It's going to take a Dame, or it's going to maybe it's Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan. Well, I don't know if those Damon, are stars. But Damon, you need another Damon, Damon, where did he, where did he get drafted? He came out of Lehigh. He came out of Lehigh. So uh, no, I, I, I'm just uh, agreeing with with what you're saying. You can't get somebody in a draft. Yeah. I mean, look at Giannis. You know, you yeah. just gotta you gotta be lucky and you gotta do due diligence. Yeah. So. It's gonna be a combination of draft picks, and also we gotta get trade. It's gonna be. Yep. It's not gonna be one or the other. It's gonna have to be yeah. both. What did you feel like went wrong in in this first round exit against the Hawks this this year? Where do you feel like they uh, they faulted? The Hawks were a better team. Yeah. You know, we beat them. We swept in the, in the regular season. Don't mean shit. The playoffs. It's a different animal. If, if you. If you got some weakness, they're gonna find an exposure ass. Yep. And I, I think we get credit to Nate McMillan. Nate did it. I mean, I'm surprised they kept him on the interim tag for as long as they did. And then we couldn't stop Trey. Yeah. And also, I like to say, spitting on people, throwing shit, man, shit's gotta stop. You know, that's just. It's just ill, ill-mannered, it's, it's rude, and, and, you know, they should be locked up you do some stuff like that, you know. That, you know, I had some, you know, I never, I never look, I, I've talked to people. <laughs> well, I never did no crazy shit <laughs> like that. a little talking, Gord, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what I, never, I never did, no, 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 you know. I didn't even curse, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I felt like the the electricity in the garden. Oh, it was you know, amazing. It, I thought that was amazing, man. I mean, you, you've been to every game. I was at one and two, uh-huh. but it felt like the roof was gonna blow off that place. The right? roof, the roof, <laughs> the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. It was like that. Yeah, it See, was the, like that. Trey Young's balding chant is acceptable. As a bald guy, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, but, but the, the, the F Trey Young, come you know, on, that's, it, it, yeah. it also. Why 
Trey's cool. He didn't, he didn't do nothing to anybody. And then when you start, I mean, some people can't take it. But yeah. he took it and put it back and in our and face. destroyed us. He's and not Reggie Miller us, as you, uh, your, your uh, good, good pal of the night. Me and, Reg, me and Reggie are cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, 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 that made him play better. Yeah, you yeah. know, Trey's like, I'm peace and love. Why are you saying these <laughs> things about me? All right, motherfucker, <laughs> you killed us. You uh, know, you some 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 people gotta leave alone. Yeah, True. some people <laughs> just yeah. leave alone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say nothing. Hey, like hey, like you I never. Us, man. When when Mike would come in the garden, I would say, I would say, I said, shut up. No tape closed. I said, he's going to kill us. not because of something I said. You're talking to the legendary Spike Lee. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, last question for you, Spike. Mm. You were recently named uh, to the Cannes Film Festival. First black jury, jury member in the 74 mm. years. President. 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 Uh, they've been black. The president. The black folks on the jury would never... <laughs> Not no president. President in the seventy-four years of the festival. Yeah. What, what did that feel like for you? It felt to, great. To, to it felt great. Honor. I've been there before. You know, several of my films, mm. but uh, the the first black person to be president of the jury. You know, this this is the world's greatest film festival. So it was a great honor, and. Uh, you know, what's wrong with the Yankees? What's wrong, <laughs> what's wrong with Let's the Yankees? Let's get up Cam. What's wrong with Can't relate as a Mets fan. Can't relate as a Mets fan right yeah. now. I'm, I'm, I'm a living Yankees large. Fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Yo, I want to tell you this, though. In 69, I was a Mets fan. I ran on the field three times. You know, back then you could run on the field. Yeah. Why'd you leave? You should have stayed with us. Well, no, you got a better no, life being a Yankee that, fan. For that, sure. it, I mean, we, it, first when they won the East, that's first year division. No, when they won the Eastern division. Then uh, when they won against the Braves. And then when Davey Johnson flied out, the Cleon Jones are left. And I had, I had my everybody. If you ran on the field, you you you, you on the subway, you had a piece of grass. Yeah. Now you're getting tasered if you run on the field. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, might not get I close. Mean, <laughs> did, did you ever see when when Shambles hit that homer? Chris Shambles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You see yeah. how and he, he knocked down people going he to first was, base. He, he like a fullback. I mean, it was a bomb. <laughs> Imagine that today. Oh my God. I yeah. mean. Here's another thing. Game six, there's 16,000 people in the arena and 65,000 people outside yeah. the arena? Yeah. I never heard yeah. that before. Yeah. Milwaukee and, was and, on and, fire. And, and the people say it could have been, that number, some people saying could have been low. Yeah. People, I, how'd I get out the arena? Right. People have <laughs> been inside too long. People trying to get outside <laughs> yeah. after this past yeah. year. How, were, you, were you impressed with, uh, oh, to yeah. me, from what I've seen personally in basketball, to me that was the best finals performance I've ever seen, the most oh, dominant yeah. with Bayanis. That 50 points, 17 boards, five block shots. I mean, on both ends of the floor, offensively, defensively, I've never seen somebody put in that much energy He's doing work. to deliver for their team. I know they're world champions, but sometimes they be doing stuff like WTF. <laughs> <laughs> and coaching, I mean, like, I'm glad they won. Yeah, but oh, look, I want it, you know, Chris. To, I want to go CP3, yeah. But I, uh, I want a game seven. But it wasn't meant to be, and the yeah. best team won, you know. It's no debate about that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we got the draft coming up. 
Yes, sir. Orange Blue Skies, we're back, baby. We're yes, back. Yes, sir. Spike Lee in the building. Spike, one more thing. Yeah. We, we got a mutual friend in, in Chuck D. It, it's his birthday on Sunday. He's what? turning 61. He Woo! just texted me yesterday. Chuck D. He, he's going to be watching this. Do you have a message for Chuck? Chuck, what's up? This Spike <laughs> representing the People's Republic of Brooklyn, New York. You know I love you. We made history together. We made history together. That's right. Love you. Happy birthday. Thanks again, Spike. Peace and love. Thanks, Spike. All Thank right. you very much, Spike. But the yeah. legendary Spike Lee, ladies and gentlemen, next. hit that thumbs Orange up. Blue Skies. Let's, Let's go. Absolutely. So we, we, we're actually live right now, Spike. Yeah, yeah we're doing this live. Live? Yeah, this, this oh, live and direct. direct. <laughs> All right, NBA Draft Thursday. What are we going to do? I like what this gonna kid. Do? I like Trey Murphy out of Virginia, Spike. 6'9", can shoot I don't, three. I mean, I, this, I, I wasn't really following college basketball yeah. because of the, you know, what was happening in the world, but I believe that Leon Rose, Coach Tibbs, Wes, and our brother, Worldwide West, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. So, as so, a simple force, sir, it's going to be a combination <laughs> Of trades well, we got money and draft picks. We got 50 million plus and, and, in the bank. And cap space. We got 50 million. Because you try to get on me about you can't do nothing with the draft. See? You can, but nah, it's nah, going to nah, take nah. another start. See, I, think the draft I said a combination. Foundation. You have to start with the draft. Build that foundation up. We haven't, we haven't built our, our farm, our young core up to the point where yeah, when you look, make look, that look, trade, look, we could have look, sustain. We could have Donovan Mitchell. Could have had Donovan oh, Mitchell. Don't remind me. So, Frank. So... Cal Bridges, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, yeah, Gilchus. I didn't want to name Golden on the list, so yeah. we could had, <laughs> we had it. We, we had, had the picks, had the spot, and yeah. and Rose, we trust now. This is it. Yeah. Big draft ahead. A lot what, of picks. What do you think about Obi Spike with the whole Randall situation? What do, what do you the think what? about Obi? What, what do you think about Obi? What situation? Are you I feel like with Obi coming off the bench, what, what? he's just supposed to start. But we're never going to see him finish a game, Spike. He can't play center. How's he going to start? That's what I'm asking you. What do you think? Because I feel like with Randall, he's here, a rookie. He got he got bad run during the playoffs. No, he did. He, 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 he was did. he was bad in the playoffs. He, he wasn't he regular really season. Was. He did. Yeah. Right? He, he did. lit up the garden. He, he lit up the garden. He, 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 he couple alley oops. Oh, 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 he came alive. Here's defensively the thing, or offensively. I, I'm with them. You know, we get some. You know, as I said before. Well, this Dame time, wherever it is, we just—I just hope that we trade everybody, to get somebody, and then we have nobody else. Right, so right, that's the—it's—it's right. it's a because the star players, unless they're free agents, they're not just gonna walk, yeah. you know. So you got to get something up. Yeah. And pay you know, play. it helps. We have a lot of draft picks, like we do. Yeah. True story. We we'll see Thursday night. Thursday night. We'll see what happens. So yeah. Will you be at Barclays? Will you be there? Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> right, right. It's we'll, four blocks from my office. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll look out for I'll you, be Spike. We'll, we'll look out All for right, you, thank man. you, guys. Thanks, Thanks again, Spike. Right, much appreciated, yeah, man. Appreciate it was an honor. Doing a great job. Thank Thanks, you very Spike. much. The great Spike Lee, ladies Enjoy and gentlemen. Enjoy the event. Enjoy your lunch. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Spike, just watch your step on, with the courts. All right. It's like our own courtside experience yeah, here man. with Spike. How about watch, that? watch your step there, Spike. Spike.
Spike Lee, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think? Hit that thumbs up button for you boys, man. This C. man has made Jake some Brown classics. Yeah. Like, this man has made some of the all-time great classics, movies. Man. Absolute classics. That was a dream interview for me. It's an honor to have him here. Uh, at Clyde's Wine and Dine, man, and, and uh, we made it through. I don't know, Jake, I, you, you haven't known, man, but uh, the system has been glitching out on me for, like, the past, like, two weeks. Yeah. You know, it's been very, very fragile, but we made it through the Spike interview, working on updating some equipment. If you work at the Apple Store, holla at your boy. I need a discount. Take care of me, friends and family, because I got to reboot the, the, uh, the system here. We were able to get through the, the Spike interview. Um, let, let's, we'll open up the phone lines. We'll take some calls. The system knew that Spike was coming. The yeah. system saw system it. Said, Spike, quick, quick, quick. That's a fact. Um, yeah. Spike's awesome, man. Yeah. Like, he knows the game, and I loved hearing about him as a fan at 13 and remembering yeah. being there and how loud the garden was yeah. because sometimes I forget what I had for lunch yesterday. And then this guy, those you remember memories, those things. Yeah, like, I'll remember a certain Met game you, I went to in 2000, the year they made the World Series. Yeah. And he remembers 1970. Those memories and, stick uh, with you, man. Interesting. I didn't know he was a Met fan, too. He was a Met fan then. He switched to the Yankees. Yeah, so. he switched up. He, yeah, he casually switched up a little bit. He I, was a Mets fan. I will admit, and I will admit this on record, that in 98 I was a Yankee fan first because my family was, and then made the switch to the mm. Mets. So I was the opposite of Spike with the switch wow. up. So I love Jeter and the, You made the switch to the Mets after the Jeter days. My life was good and then became miserable, but it was good at the start because wow. the Mets made the playoffs, made the World Series, and then see, everything downhill after 2000. They were just terrible. See, I figured because – see, you're 30, right? So I figured, mm-hmm. like, that the Met fan of the 80s during, uh, you know, Strawberry, Gooden era, Keith Hernandez would then switch to the Yankees when the Mets were no longer really relevant. But you went opposite. Yeah, it's weird because I was from Queens originally, moved to Connecticut, and when I moved to Connecticut, I became the Mets fan. So when I was in Queens, I, for the one year, liked the Yankees. Yeah. And I had the Scholastic Book Fair, if you remember those. Yeah, yeah, of course. Had a Derek Jeter poster, you know, the lit pencil cases, uh, all the cool posters. And then I made someone, a friend of mine in Connecticut, ruined my life. But, hey, I'm happy now. The Mets are right now better than the Yankees. Yeah, Mets are nice, man. Yankees in trouble, man. It's all Boone. I'm I'm not a big Boone guy, to be honest with you. I didn't think they should have ever gotten rid of Girardi. I didn't see what the uh, the haste was to get rid of Girardi. Boone, listen, Boone gave gave us history. He gave us moments as a Yankee fan, obviously. But, like... I didn't see what the, the what the big ish, you know big deal was with him as, as a as a manager. There's always a change. It's not like football where like the Steelers have like three coaches in their history. Right. There's always like all right, we need to change for the sake of change. Yeah. Well, now they're changing because Aaron Boone is stunk. He stinks. Uh, so this is his contract's up after this year. So yeah. the Yankees aren't big fans of in-season firing. So I think they are 100% CP moving on from him in the offseason. I think they should, man. Again, it's it's, it's no offense to him. I just don't f- see the hype. I don't see the hype. This Yankee team is just missing something, man. They don't have the edge. They don't have the, the, the character, the grit that they used to have. Certain players have it. I like Urshela. I liked uh, LeMahieu when he first came. He, he's been struggling in and out a little bit. Obviously, you got to like Garrett Cole and some of the guys in the bullpen. But I just think it's too much micromanaging. like um, Analytics. Yeah, the other day that you had Herman, 93 pitches. He gives up one hit in Boston, loses the no-hitter in the eighth inning. In the, in the eighth inning, and they take yep. him out. And then, and then after the game, Aaron Boone said he was entering the danger Come zone. On, I thought man. it was a Kenny Loggins song. Yeah. I'm like, danger zone. The danger Ninety-three zone. pitchers in the danger zone. Come he used on, to throw man. 130. Johan threw 135 in his yeah. no hitter. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And then he couldn't throw again, so yeah. maybe it killed him. Absolutely, but, uh, did, man. It's the orange and blue year. You know, the Mets are good. The Islanders nearly made the finals. Yep. And our Knicks are back to relevancy. Hopefully. 
Hopefully Thursday night draft. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let me know how the audio is. Let me know how the video is. And we're back. Okay, we're yeah, back. Yeah, and, yeah. hey, shameless plug, if you are a Mets fan, I do co-host Amazing But True podcast. No doubt. With Nelson Figueroa, the former men Emmy Award winner. So check yeah, it out. So salute to Nelson Figueroa. Salute to Nelson Figueroa. Uh, so what, the, the Mets are sitting in, uh, what, first place? Three in and a half league? games up right now. Okay. Uh, Yankees, I believe, are, what, four out of the wild card, something like Probably, that? Probably, yep. Um, so it's good times right now. We'll see. Trade deadline Friday. You know, draft Thursday with NBA. Yeah. And then trade deadline baseball. This is a monster sports week. Monster sports The Olympics. Sports, Can Team USA win a freaking game? Like, what the hell is going on? Listen, I think it, the thing with uh, with Team USA is a couple things. Okay, Clyde's wine and dying yeah. after a few years away. I've come here for a few Knicks games. I've been on a date here. I think nice. the Knicks tickets might have been too expensive, and I came here, <laughs> watched the game on a date, a little uh, cheaper than a Knicks ticket to yeah, get you yeah. know, the girl a salad and me a steak or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, good food selection here. Clyde yeah. loves when you shout it out, so we got to give a shout-out to Clyde's Wine and Dine. And, and the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation Absolutely. does a terrific job for the youth and youth programs and underprivileged communities and, and underprivileged children. So yeah. shout-out to Dr. Barnett. Call him doctor because if you don't, Definitely. he'll let you know. Definitely he is put some respect on his name. And uh, before we, we – got cut out. What I was saying with uh, Team USA is I feel like, number one, um, the competition is caught up. We are, just to reset, we are live and direct from Clyde's Wine and Dine, the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation, Lunch with Legends. Uh, we just heard from Spike Lee earlier. You guys caught that interview. We also heard from uh, Bill Hoskett, uh, one of the members of the, the 1970 championship team. And we were in, in the process of talking about Team USA basketball. They lost their uh, preliminary opener against France without Frank Nilakina. Without Frank. So they were a bit nervous, with, you know, with Frank looming large, but, but uh, they still lost that game. I was just saying that. Number one, I think international competition has caught up just over the years. Uh, modern medicine, sports medicine, analytics is just, you know, uh, caught up from a global scale. And I also think it's a, it's a pride thing. You know, some of these guys from these countries, the Olympics, that's their championship. That's everything for them. And it's not to say that these Team USA guys aren't playing with pride, but you got to think there's so much more responsibilities that these guys have that – in their mind, and some of their mind is more important than playing in the Olympics, right? Their team, being coming back healthy for their team, coming back healthy for their next max contract, the sneaker deals. There's just way more responsibilities that these guys have, and I just don't think it's a top-of-mind priority for them. The guys overseas, you just picture them slapping the floor, rolling their you know yeah, sleeves hungry, up, man. their shorts up on every defensive possession. Yeah. And in these games, it comes down to defense when it's that intense. Right. For them, where Team USA is going through, Katie's like, come on, I, I just dropped a 50-piece on, on the world right, champions. Right, right. Uh, or 49, if, uh, you know, uh, one more point may have made a difference. But, yeah. you know, they look at it a lot different. Like you said, there's other distractions for them where this is everything for yeah. these guys. So, yeah. And they said, who is it that said, like, we? it's different competition over there? One of the USA players said. I think it's Dame. Dame said, Dame's yeah. They yeah. were like, this is a different animal for us. Which right. you're thinking, like, come on, you guys are Team USA. So right. uh, it's hard to explain, but hopefully they uh, right the ship here and turn An- it around. Another thing, if you look at just me looking at this French team and following Frank with them for past uh, World Cup and, and, and Olympics as well, they have chemistry. 
a lot of these guys have played together before. Batum, Fournier, Frank. They have uh, Poirier, who made it to the NBA, that hasn't played too much. But in France, in the FIBA games, he's a nice, you know, low-post player. And so I think a lot of these teams have a lot of chemistry as well, whereas U.S. is like, all right, let's bring this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and expect for them to gel. It, it takes some time. It takes time to gel, and we saw it with the Heat, with the yeah. super team. I mean, they didn't win their first year. We right, said right. automatic bet on them to win. Yeah. This year, Nets, Lakers, what did the Nets do? I mean, they were hurt. But still, yeah. they had their struggles when they played together. So it takes more than, all right, here's two weeks of a bunch of superstars. Uh, yeah. Let's make it happen. Like you said, these guys have been competing years for this. Yep. They've been waiting for this moment, and this is their spotlight moment. Some of these guys we have never heard of, we may never hear of again. Yep. But now you've heard of them, and uh, bonjour, monsieur. Yeah. A tout à l'heure. Yeah. We'll see you later. You better get hungry, man. You better step your game up because uh, these, guys, these guys are not playing around. So we'll see. I, I think you know, we'll still be all right. We'll still be in, in decent shape. But they, they just got to get it together because there are a lot of good teams in this thing, not just France. You have Spain, who's gonna who's always plays tough. You have Argentina, who always plays tough. Luka Doncic is now with Slovenia, and, and he's killing it. I think he just dropped like 50 points mm-hmm. against Argentina. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of of uh, you know parity in, in this Olympics. So they're, they're not just gonna lay down. You know, they're not just going to lay down. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Appreciate everybody for sticking through us through the technical difficulty. CP here, my guy Jake Brown, executive producer of New York Sports Podcast as well. We are here live from Clyde's Wine and Dine here in New York City at the Dr. Dick Barnett and Friends Lunch with legends so uh we're gonna wait and see who else uh we'll have a chance to talk to we just had a chance to talk to bill hoskett member of the uh 70 championship team and the legendary spike lee if you guys missed the spike lee interview go ahead and rewind it and go back to it because uh it was a great time with spike we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We actually got a tweet in uh, CP that OKC is willing to trade SGA, Shy Gilgis really? Alexander, but it would take a lot to get. It's going to take a hole. It's going to take a hole. That that would be. Uh, it's going to take a hole. But I would love to have him. Man. Yeah. You know, they they missed out on him on the draft, and so. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we we missed out on him on the draft, and uh, you know, again, no no offense to Knox, that was my guy too, but. There, you know, Shikers Gilgis Alexander is, is a young upstart point guard who'll be a problem in the league. And you know, listen, Sam Presti is a shrewd GM. He's not just going to let him go for for nothing. But um, that there was a rumor that he offered Shai Gilgis and the number six pick to Detroit for number one, and and got turned down. So. Mm. 
you know, OKC, even with a bevy of, of, of draft capital, it's going to take a lot to uh, get that number one pick. I wish it would take just like Knox in a first-round yeah. pick. Yeah. Can it be that easy for no. us? Can we just give Knox no. in one or two first-round picks and bring him in here? That, that, that could be that not, easy. Not enough, yeah. right? That could be that <laughs> easy. Um, Dave, let me know if we have people on the lines. I'll open up the phone lines and, and uh, see who wants to call in. If you guys want to call in on draft, free agency, offseason, whatever the case may be. Um, just some, some previews for the content coming up Thursday. We will have our draft show live on Knicks Fan TV all night. You know, we'll, we'll go through each pick. We'll see who the Knicks select. Do they make a trade, as rumored, or do they stand pat with uh, with all four picks and, and select players? So um, be sure to catch that. And then uh, right into free agency. Sunday we'll have our, our top 10, top 20 free agents list. We'll have a free agency live stream. And then Monday, August 2nd, free agency kicks off. And, and we'll see what happens, Jake. Uh, from what we've heard, and shout out my guy Ian Begley from, from SNY, uh, the Knicks are looking to be, um, you know, uh, responsible in this couple upcoming free agency. They're looking at 2022 as that opportunity to spend big. So it looks like they'll they'll be frugal as they were this past off season, where you know they'll have their targets, but they, I don't think they're necessarily going to overspend for certain guys. So so they won't spend like a drunken sailor. But you know there are intriguing names, whether it's Demar Derozan, yeah. Chris Paul. It seems like he might stay, but uh, yeah. you know the Knicks are going to make an offer. Right. He right, might stay right. with Phoenix, and you can't blame him. He's got a chance to win a yeah. NBA championship mm-hmm. there. Where here it might take a couple of years. You know, there's Evan Fournier's out, Patty Mills, Lonzo Ball is a name. Yeah. We'll have uh, LeVar courtside sitting next to Spike. That's a reality yeah. show in itself. <laughs> Ball in the family yeah. takes on New York takes City. Takes on Spike. I don't know if I'm ready for MSG that. MSG needs to get on that ASAP, man. Yeah, I mean, MSG the, needs to get on that ASAP. That'll follow the uh, Kardashian special on the E! Uh, channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, there, you know, DeRozan, there's a Norm Powell Reddick is a name. Yeah. Lou Williams, if you want to look at the yeah. B tier, C tier. Dennis Schroeder. Uh, so there's some guys out there on the market that won't cost you uh, $30 I like, million. I like Norman Powell, man. Yeah. If you love listening to us here on Knicks Fan TV, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about our favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance to the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com join. So as we um, segue here to the next interview, we, we have another member of the championship team. He goes by Mike Reardon, a member of the Minutemen, came off the bench for the 70 championship team. Mike, how are you? Nice to meet you. CP from Knicks Fan TV, how are you? Jake Brown, good to meet you. 
Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Mike. All right. Great to be here. It's been a while. Yeah. So, so as, as I intro you in, you were a member of the legendary Minutemen coming off the bench for that 70s team. What, what did you feel like your role was in terms of just supporting these guys on their championship run? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I was third guard, kind of getting about 20, 25 minutes a game, coming in for Clyde and uh, Dick Barnett. And uh, so I would swing between uh, either the point guard or the off guard, and I would try to uh, – take the best scores to keep those guys out of foul trouble and uh, I, I knew I wasn't going to be playing 40 minutes so I didn't have to worry about fouling out so uh, I would just try to move the ball play good defense and we, we ran a lot of plays we ran a lot of movements uh, we were a good passing team so uh, I just try to fit in and uh, being a native New Yorker uh, myself and John Warren were the two locals uh we were just uh, so thrilled to, to take a run at a championship season and then bring home a ring that had to have been extra special and we talked about it um early on with bill that uh the mets win the jets win and then you guys win and you being a queens guy a new yorker you must have been on cloud nine in 1970 when you guys completed the trifecta oh i, I mean it was unbelievable because the, the knicks up to that time uh it, since i've been a young kid here in town uh were awful mm -hmm. and it it uh uh putting things together and on the rise and uh, getting good draft picks with Eddie Donovan and Red Holzman putting things together. Uh, we could see which way it was going. And when we made that trade uh, for Dave DeBuscher, uh, and it kind of solidified three positions. Uh, uh, Willis went back into the hole. Dave was the power forward and Clyde took over running the club. So uh, all the chemistry was, was solid right after that point. And we had a good playoff run. We lost to the Celtics, but we knew we were all coming back. And uh, it, uh, it was just a Cinderella season as far as uh, we, we had uh, a, a good win streak there. I think we won 16 or 17 uh, in a row that year. And uh, so uh, it, it, it was basically the highlight of, uh, of anything I had ever done in basketball uh, during that time and since because we weren't concerned. No one was concerned with individual honors or stats. Uh, we were just uh, zeroed in on winning a championship, and there's, just, there's no feeling like it. What was it like going up against Clyde and Dr. Barnett in practice? Did, did you feel like that kind of prepared you for some of the other you know, legends of the game when you had to guard them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, those guys were, were, were two of the best guards in the league, great guard tandem, and uh, uh, our practices got pretty heated, too, because we, uh, we were – the guys on the uh, Minutemen, we try to push uh, the starters severely. And uh, sometimes, you know, they weren't into it. Sometimes they were trying to take it. But w when we got into it, started talking trash to them and, and knocking them down, uh, <laughs> they, they knew uh, that, hey, we were going to finish up on a roll here. So uh, it, it, uh, I think it prepared us for games. And uh, we had a very predictable routine as far as substitutions goes other than uh, people getting in foul trouble or injuries but uh, uh, Cassie, uh, Dave Stallworth, uh, myself, Nate Bowman and then we, we had a fifth uh, for Bill Hoskett or Johnny Warren and uh, the practices were pretty close uh, and uh, we, think, we think that has got a lot to do with preparing 
a team uh, for the last four to six minutes of a game. All right, Mike, spill the beans. How many fights went on in these practices? <laughs> the, the punches thrown, anything No, like no, no. We, we, <laughs> no TMZ there? No, I don't, nothing like that. Just just uh, some bad looks at times yeah. and said, what was that? And uh, we, we all were on the same page, but it, it never elevated to that. It, it, ju- it just came down to words. No one swung on each other. And uh, afterwards, it was all buried because... We were like a family. I mean, uh, you guys got, had family fights, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And then uh, next thing you know, you're eating dinner with him. Yeah, right, 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 right. Do you ever joke with Earl that because you were part of the trade that got Earl here? So shouldn't you get the second t- second ring too? Don't you get another I, ring? I just reminded him of that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I said, you know, hey, Earl, uh, you wouldn't have got that second ring without me. Yeah. And uh, But then I also uh, said something to him uh, kidding around. I, he said uh, – uh, oh, you're still living down in Maryland? And I said, yeah. And I told him where I was. I said, hey, uh, Earl, you know, you got more fans down in Maryland than you do in New York. <laughs> in other words, he, he was the man down yeah, there. Yeah, right? absolutely. Where, where, absolutely. Where here, he, he was another star. Right, mm-hmm. right. But he, he wasn't the man here. Right. Right? So uh, he, he nodded and said, you got that right. <laughs> That's funny. Well, 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 Mike, we're getting the cue here. Uh, all right. It was an honor to speak to you. Thank, thank you very much yeah, for joining us. Nice right. talking to you guys. All right. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Right. Absolutely. Enjoy the lunch. That's Mike Reardon, a member of the Minutemen, the championship Knicks. Queens native, baby. Queens, Queens in the house. Queens, Let's stand go. Up. Stand up, You're Queens. Queens, leave it in the chat, man. Mike Reardon. Thanks again, Mike. If you're from Astoria, really leave it in the chat. As I'm the self-proclaimed king of Astoria here. Uh, so, Queen, stand up. Uh, Mike, that was awesome. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. The, you know, he deserves the second ring for bringing yeah, it early. Because Earl and Clyde, that is one of the most iconic backcourts yeah. to ever do it. Yeah, yeah. No, Mike Reardon is definitely beloved by a lot of New Yorkers. Shout out my guy Fred from Fresh Meadows. I, I was talking to him about uh, coming here and, and just preparing for everything. He was like, Mike Reardon was, was that guy. You know, Mike Reardon was that guy. So. Shout out Fresh Meadows. Great movie theater there. Yeah, AMC yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The AMC <laughs> there is nice, man. Right, right, off the, uh, right off the LIE. So, salute to everybody in Queens. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're going to take some calls in a second. I want to shout out to Super Chats that have come in. Shout out uh, my guy Alan Berman for the Super Chat. Never misses a show, Alan. I appreciate that. Got your open big time Twitch uh, streamer. He says, salute, smash that thumbs up button. Yeah, that's right, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. I see my guy uh, Tyson Miller. What's going on, Daniel Marrero? How you feeling? If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. We'll, we'll shout you guys out. And uh, yeah, we will. Love the uh, energy around July 27th around yeah. the Knicks right now yeah. for us, for people in the chat, for people watching. A lot of energy. Uh, a lot of passion right now for yeah. a Knicks team that has a bright future. Yeah. And it's fun to look back on these teams because we weren't alive. So to learn from these guys, to hear Bill talk about covering Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love those yeah. conversations. I've talked with a lot of old guys. You know, we talked with George Gervin, the Iceman, the Iceman. Uh, a the few Ice months Man. ago, and to hear, you know, about the 60s and 70s teams. Yeah. And, you know, he had told us that, you know, they offered for him to go to the Lakers on those 80s dynasty teams, and he said, no, I don't wow. want to be part of those super teams. I want to beat those teams, and that's a the big conversation The Iceman was not ring today. chasing. Yeah. Iceman was not ring chasing. He could have won with those guys, wow. and he said, no, nah, I'm going to stay with the Spurs and try to beat them. That's so dope. it was a different era the 60s, 70s, 80s versus today where now everyone's joining the Stars yeah. to try to win a title. Yeah, that's uh, interesting indeed, man. And and uh, let me just get the phones going real quick. Uh, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. So as, as you were saying as, as when, we, uh, when we were prepping, you were saying that uh, there was rumors that the Knicks were trying to trade up 
to 14 with Golden State in the draft. They turned tr- it down. I think. And they turned yeah. it down. Yep. Very interesting. But I thought, you know, doing this, the, the draft prep, I thought that that was going to be the sweet spot for the Knicks in terms of moving up. They have 19 and 21. I didn't see them being able to move up into, the, like, you know, the 10s range. Mm-hmm. You have Orlando sitting there with 6 and 8 or 5 and 8, I believe. I didn't think the Knicks were even going to get up to 8 unless they're going to add on more assets. And I, I don't think they're going to do that. So 14 is definitely the sweet spot. Now it just depends on... Who's going to be there? I don't know if this is the draft to trade up. Like I said before, this isn't the best draft class, and these are guys. You know, another name that they're talking about, the Knicks could have their uh, target on. You said Trey Murphy, Sharif Cooper out of Auburn, but this is a guy who played 12 games as a freshman. I mean, he's had no experience. I know you don't need – you know, there was guys that came out of high school that became stars. That's not a thing anymore. Five seconds. um, yeah, I just don't think this is the greatest draft class. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of mock drafts have them going with Cooper out of Auburn. You know, undersized point guard, but a, but a playmaking wizard. And, and you know, as much as I see the Knicks uh, benefiting from some off-ball scoring, I also think a, a guy that you know is prolific in the passing game could help us as well. I just felt like there were a lot of times when you had Julius Randle stuck in isolation and just trying to do too much, especially in the playoffs when things got bogged down. I just felt like. We don't have any guys that can get us some easy buckets in the pick and roll. Get Julius a, a nice pick and pop situation. I mean, D, D Rose did his thing for a second, um, but but I think there's areas where Cooper can help. Now, uh, the shooting is going to be the swing skill. Mm-hmm. Can can he shoot? Because right now, uh, it wasn't too good at college, and so they need we'll, shooters. We'll see what happens you know, I mean, there, man. The three point go Reggie Bullock. Yep. I don't, we don't know if he's going to be back, but they need. Yep. A three. They need a strong shooting small. Maybe yeah. J.J. Redick on, on a one-year deal is that guy. But could, could be a, a shooter. You know, Tib, Tibbs has a proclivity for vets, and so uh, that could be an option there. Let, let's go to the phones. Let's hear from some people. Let's do it. Let's hear from um, Chris from Yonkers. Chris, how you feeling, man? CP and Jake here. How you feeling, bro? Hello? Yo, how you doing, Chris? You hear me? Yep, I'm like, doing good. I hope you guys are doing good. Yeah, I am a long-time listener, first-time caller, and... My point, I just want to say about the draft is I think Trey Mann is the right pick just because, I mean, what do the Knicks need the most? Thing? We need scores. Yeah. Besides playmakers, we need scores. Yeah. And he's a guy that can just put the ball in a basket, and it's the right option for me. And uh, I just wanted to talk about one thing real quick. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could just talk about the Colin Sexton thing real quick. Sure. And here's my thing. My thing is I see a lot of Knicks fans, like, hating on it. and But the thing is we need to get better. And – we're not gonna. We can get better from the draft. The draft is the right thing that we need to build from. Mm-hmm. But the draft is a risk, just like the Colin Sexton trade is a risk. So at the end of the day, they're both risks, and I think it's kind of a fifty-fifty that I think that wouldn't really hurt us. Yeah. But then again, <clears throat> but then again, if we don't make any trades, we're not getting better. It's not like every draft pick is gonna hit. Right. Right. So yeah. I think it's kind of a fifty-fifty move, in my opinion. That I don't think Knicks fans should really be against it, but I can understand because it's not like he's just some inefficient scorer. The man shoots about forty-eight percent from the field. He can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, and and you're right. Appreciate the call, Chris. Listen, when when we talk about shot creators, um, I was a bit hesitant or a bit skeptical of the sex and trade, just because I like many Knicks fans. Jake, I have I have trade and and free agency PTSD. Bro. <laughs> Everything that we do never works out when it comes yeah. to those things. So I, I have that. I'm always skeptical. Like mm, I don't know. He you know he doesn't he doesn't use his right hand. He he doesn't pass it. He doesn't. But you look at Sexton now, 22 years old, averaged 24 points per game in the second season, or I think it's a third season with uh, with Cleveland. 
Although they had to have a score. I mean, the team was so bad that Somebody someone had to, had to do it. Hole, so that, not, that's not knocking his skill. He's yeah. obviously a terrific player. But someone's got to put up the stats. Someone's got yeah. st- That's what Kevin Love was, the stat uh, sheet stuffer there. <laughs> um, so I think there's good free agent point guards mm-hmm. out there where I'm not ready to trade the world for Sexton. I'm trading the world for Damian Lillard. Like, yeah. listen, if the Knicks got Lillard and say they gave up Barrett, obviously fans are going to be mad. But then there's going to be the side of, holy, you know what, yeah. Damian Lillard is a New York Knick. So that's a guy that you, you trade for. I'm not in love with trading for Sexton. Um, depending on what the package is. I think it depends on the trade. Yeah. Depends on the trade. I, I think if, if you're looking at pairing off one of your picks and, you know, maybe an Obi and Knox, again, I, I, I feel like I like Obi a lot. And, and as Spike said, he played, came on well in the, in the playoffs. But I just feel like that's an asset that you're never going to realize, you know, the full potential of it yeah. because Randall is going to be blocking him. So I just feel like if you have somebody that can upgrade you from a starting lineup perspective – and, and overall team, you know, as just having a score, might not be a, a deal that uh, wouldn't be too bad to roll the dice on. Robinson knocks first-round pick for Sexton. No. No? No, I'm not trading Mitch. Really? I'm not right, I'm not right You're now. You're saying Mitch right is now. untouchable. No, no, not untouchable. I'm not trading Mitch for Sexton, though. Okay. I, I'm, I'm still a Mitch guy, man. That's, that's uh, my guy. Blackness is my guy. I need some time on Mitch. I don't know. I think the injuries bother me. I think he's got to bulk up a lot. Sure, sure. Um, he's been injury-prone a lot. Sure. Uh, he's. I mean, we see in the practices or whatever videos he posts, he can make the three. But mm-hmm. otherwise, he's a block and a dunk guy. Yeah. And listen, he's so still young. Raw. He's, he's still, still growing. He's still raw. Yeah. But if it was Knox, Mitch, first-round pick, I might not I say know, no. Man. Knox is I a throwing because you're paying him $6 million and yeah. he, he's, you know, 11, Ke- 12 man. Kev, Kev, I can see, man. Kev, I can see. Mitch, I don't know. What do you guys think in the chat, man? What do you guys think? What Jake was three, proposing? It might be three first-round picks well, and Knox. My man in the back it. is saying, hell no. no. What do you guys think? Thumbs no. up, thumbs down for what Jake is proposing. Would you throw People are going to be mad at me now. Mitch. <laughs> oh, oh, watch your Twitter. Your, your Twitter mentions are going to blow up, man. The chat is feisty today. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Hospy, what's going on? But again, I'd still rather go free agency. Like, if you gave me yeah. the option to trade for sex and or sign lines of ball, I'm yeah. signing lines of ball yeah. depending on the price, even though, again, the reality show that's going to come with it. Right. I'd rather get the guy for $20 million a year than, than make than the trade. selling out assets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now we're seeing with uh, with the trade that, that Memphis and New Orleans made yesterday, the Lonzo situation could tilt one way or the other to the Knicks because uh, with the Pelicans trading, Eric Bledsoe trading, uh, Stephen Adams, and the um, 10th pick, to uh, the Grizzlies for basically Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas and the and the 17th pick. Pelicans have freed up some cap space. Uh, Rose and and and, and um, Zach Lowe are saying that they want Lowry, but doesn't make it easier for them to um, keep Lonzo as a restricted free agent in the in the event that uh, you know he goes and signs a deal. What do you think about Lonzo? What are your What are your general thoughts? Is he going to yeah. get better? Is he Has he reached his peak? Is he going to be a star in this I, league? I, th- I don't know if he's going to be a star, but I think as a young player, I, I think there's always room for growth. You know, look, look at Giannis. Look how long it took him to become a, a mega star on the on the stage. It took him a good seven years. Right? He came in 2013, so it took about eight years to really come into his own. But he, every year he, he took gradual steps. With Lonzo, I think there's things that he could do for us right now that can help us. Number one, he can defend. You know, he's tall. He can defend well. Number two, he can hit the three. He was very efficient from the corners, which is an area that Tom Thibodeau likes to emphasize on the court. Um, Number two, he can get us out in transition. 
you know, he can push the pace for us, push the tempo. I feel like we have a lot of guys on our team, namely R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and Obi, who would excel in transition and, and having a guy that can get them the ball out there and get them going and get them some easy buckets. I think Lonzo can help there. Now, Thibodeau values point guards who can put pressure on the rim. Mm-hmm. That's not Lonzo's game, at least right now. From what we see, that's that's not his game. So I, I got to see what, how Tibbs feels about him. But for me – I would take him if we don't have to. I don't like paying twice. So I don't like, even with the second thing, I don't like trading and then having to sign a guy. You know what I mean? Especially like Alonzo, who's probably going to be more of a role player than a potential star on your team. What would you pay Alonzo? Like, I'm thinking he gets $20 million. He's going to be asking for 25 yeah, to 30 but Yeah, I think 20, 20 because if you look at – I look at, uh, at at Brockton, who's making about 17 18 mm-hmm. So you figure Alonzo's going to get a raise. Market value is going to go up. So I think 20s fair for, for him. I Three think years, $60 million maybe? Five years, $100 million? I think I think that could be the range. I think yeah. that could be the range. You know, I, I think that could be the range. So – We'll see. You know, we, we definitely have options. Again, will uh, um, David Griffin and the Pelicans go out and match a deal if Lonzo goes out and sign it? How much are they into Lowry? You're hearing things for Lowry like $25, 30000000 million a year for two, mm, for two years. I'm hesitant. Even for the Knicks. Even yeah. for the Knicks. I'm very hesitant on that. You know, very, very hesitant on that. So He's 35. You know, yeah. you sign him for a four-year deal. He's going into 39, no, two years, two years. 40 years. I would only two go years? two. I would only, well, if I'm the Knicks, I don't know what the Pelicans are thinking. If I'm the Knicks, I would only go if one and one. If it's two years, I'm not totally yeah. against it. But yeah. if you give him four years, he's going no, to 40 years old. No chance. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking. I'm yeah. walking, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, Big Drake. How you feeling, Big Drake? Uh, salute to uh, Double O Gigolo. All right, Double O Gigolo in the Big chat. Big Drake man. and Double O Gigolo. Yeah, yeah. Two iconic usernames. Iconic names in the <laughs> chat, man. Justin Archer, how you feeling? Uh, let's get let's get those likes up. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, just to reset, we are live at Clyde's Wine and Dine. Uh, they are doing a Legends Lunch uh, hosted by the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation. So it's for a good cause. We've left the link. They, they're having a silent auction. We've left the link in the video description if you guys want to participate. Uh, get some exclusive Knicks merchandise. Please participate in the silent auction. All the proceeds go to the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation, so it's going to a good cause. Uh, we'll get a chance to hear from him sometime. They're, they're eating lunch right now, and they have a program going on. So I'm trying to eat some lunch right yeah, now. I'm, too, I'm getting too, hungry too, here. Too, a lot of talking. Yeah, we got water, yeah. but... Uh, I, I, a couple chicken fingers uh, yeah, over here yeah, or something. Yeah, a couple chicken fingers. McDonald's fries? I don't know. Yeah, man. Mix and match. And mix just, and match. Just on the foundation, CP, their yeah. mission, uh, in the Dr. Richard Barnett Foundation inspires the youth to chase their dreams and empowers them to get there. A core mm-hmm. part of that mission is to support more and better pathways to higher education, especially elevating opportunities and leveling the playing field for historically underrepresented students yeah. and HBCUs. There so that's go. their mission, great cause. Yeah, great cause, man. As, as a graduate of HBCU myself, um, I definitely see the need to uh, continue to help funding these, these institutions because it's very important. Um, so back to the phones we go. Let's go to um, Ron is up next. Ron from New York. How you feeling, Ron? I'm blessed. I'm blessed, and I hope you are blessed as well. Doing well, man. Thanks, bro. That's what's up. So I wanted to get your opinion because right now I feel like um, I'm hearing the same names over and over of who we might pick. Mm-hmm. And I really think the only thing we should do is either go after Kelly Oubre, Cal Kuzma, or Saxton for the salary, for salary purposes. Mm-hmm. Other than that, stand pat because it, it looks like it's going to be a war room trade day thing going on for every team. Yeah. And we, we're in a good position right now. And 
So I just want to get y'all opinion, what y'all think about that, just standing pat, seeing what we got, you know, what kind of offers is out there. And if we do put anybody on the table, only throw draft picks, Obi, and Knox. That's it. Throw them on the table and see what happens. What y'all think? And appreciate the call, man. I'm not a big Ubre guy, bro. Yeah, I don't know about you, man. I'm, I'm not a big Ubre guy. Uh, from from what I, you know, I spoke to some some Warriors fans who, you know, felt like his defense is okay, but offensively, from what I've seen from him in his career, too much of a chuck, man. Just too erratic. I think, yeah, he he may be a, a good Nick because we have a lot of those guys over the years, but. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shell out money. On I think money, his man. fashion game might be better. His my work game in New would York fit City. In, yeah. His you know, fashion the, game would fit. There'll in. be a lot more ladies at the Garden yeah, if Kelly yeah, Oubre yeah. is here. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but just like if Chris Bryan came to the Mets, people love Chris Bryan. The ladies love Chris Bryan. Yeah. That would be Kelly Oubre. Not in love with him. Just I don't yeah, think not, I wouldn't pay him. He hasn't proven enough to me to, not to pay him big money. Yeah. So. I'd rather go in the draft and find a guy. If they move up, I'd find a guy like a Kispert, or if they get a Trey Murphy, I, I feel like those guys can help and fill that void. Yes. Ubre can give you some shot creation here and there. I, I agree with that. Uh, I, I don't think I would allocate funds to bring him in here. I would take uh, Kyle Kuzma over Ubre, and he's probably going to cost you Cheaper. less. Kuz, Kuzma yeah. will make thirteen million, uh, twenty-one for the next three years. He'll make thirteen million a year, which is not terrible for a guy who puts up what thirteen to fifteen points a game. Yeah, can make the three ball. Not in love with Kyle Kuzma either, but if you put gun on my head, you say pick one of them. I'm taking Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kuzma would be a lot cheaper. You know, he's another guy who's up and down in terms of the motor. You know, you just don't know if, if, if he has to play with a guy like a LeBron who can get him going. You know, if he comes to New York, and another guy who, who's high up on, you know, he's a younger guy. He's a young millennial. They, they, like, they like the trendy stuff and the, the fashion. and the Another Fortnite. fashion guy. Yeah, yeah, it's like, are you locked in on the game? You know, are you really locked in on the game? So I, I'd rather go in the draft. And, and once again, uh, we did hear that. Did Beckley put that up with, with the with – the trade Who, who's reporting that the the trade that uh the knicks did offer golden state 19 and 21 and move up to 14 that was wasserman okay shout out jonathan watchman bleach yep. report former guest on the show um we as we said as was said the, the knicks are trying to move up they're trying to move up i felt like 14 was their sweet spot just in terms of the assets that they're willing to give up this year but it depends on what golden state wants mm-hmm you know, I have to figure maybe Golden State is looking to take 7 and 14 and try to go get a vet. Do they mm-hmm. want to try to get Beal or go, go get Ben Simmons? Who knows? You know, this is the year to room. do it, man. I think yeah. this is the year to trade picks and get a star. There's right. no better year than now. COVID short and guys didn't play. You know, yeah. the competition was different. You know, you couldn't name half the teams in the NCAA tournament. Right, it was right. like, who the heck is playing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Baylor win it. This Baylor, is maybe Baylor the first the year ever I wasn't, like, locked in on the NCAA tournament because – there wasn't that – when there's a year where you don't even know who the first pick is, that's alarming. Not saying yeah. these guys won't be good, but if, if there's a year to trade picks and get an established player, it's yeah. this year. Well, uh, that, you know, you're seeing a lot of Cade uh, Grand Hill comparisons with Cade, so, so we'll see, man. I think Detroit is going to be – I think they're, they're playing chicken out there. I think they're going to go for them. You know, they've been saying they're not committal, but you hear that all the time in, in the draft, these, these guys, you know, quote-unquote not being locked in on a player, and that's because they're looking to sweeten the pot on a potential trade and be blown away from a blockbuster trade. But I think Detroit will end up taking Cade Cunningham at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, if the Knicks were able to move up to 14, who would I target? I don't know if Moses Moody out of Arkansas, you got a nice swing man there. I'm not sure if he'd be available. Again, I'd be looking at a, uh, at a Kispert. I think Murphy 
I think Murphy might have to be a target for them there because from what I heard, I heard the Knicks are very high on Trey Murphy the third out of Virginia. Um, I think been, they might be worried he might get picked before him. That's, that's why right. they're trying. They, right. He might not be be there at night. He might not be there. Yeah. He might not be there. So another guy who the Warriors worked at, they worked at Murphy twice, and they worked at Chris Duarte, mm-hmm. uh, uh, senior out of Oregon. They worked him out twice. So it seems like Duarte is a guy that teams are valuing from a standpoint of a guy that is ready to play right now. He's 24 years old, same same age as Devin Booker. Uh, went through JUCO, went through the JUCO system, and then on to Oregon. But a guy that can give you some buckets from three from two from the mid-range right away in the NBA off the pick and roll as well so Duarte's a guy who guys figure that can come and plug and play on a cheap deal rookie contract and and give you some value right there so he's a hot commodity in in the mid-round I'm always a pro get a upperclassman I don't know something about it like when when they could have got bridges and they chose not to I liked him junior uh, junior senior kind of player I worry about the freshman especially like I keep saying coming off that year yeah a year where most teams didn't play the full schedule you're going to have a guy play 12 games against little competition right. tips and then for that. play in the league and be a tips starter coming off the bench. Tibbs, Tibbs doesn't want that. Tibbs, I think Tibbs would value uh, upperclassmen. I think, I think you know, quickly coming in after two years at Kentucky helped him. Um, I think Tibbs would value that. And, and I'm with you. I feel like the, the upperclassmen will come in with a bit more foundation, a bit more fundamentals, and be ready. You know, the 18-year-old, 19-year-old, sometimes is a crapshoot. Some will be ready, but some it may take some time to get them acclimated to the NBA game and the speed and, and the physicality and so on and so Isaiah forth. Jackson's another guy. I always like Kentucky yeah. guys because it's Kentucky. But, again, we're talking about a freshman. So yeah. do they want to go that route? Some mocks have them going there. Yeah. I You know, I'll take a Kentucky guy over, you know – Bumble, you know, middle yeah. of nowhere, Idaho University. Yeah. But freshman, again, bothers me a little bit. You know, and, and we talked about Mitch, but Isaiah Jackson is another guy. Shout out my guy, Derek Murray. He was a guest on the show. You guys know that in the chat. He felt like the Knicks are in on, on Isaiah Jackson. As you said, a lot of mocks have him going there as well. So it's it's I'll be curious to see if they come out of the draft with a big man, whether it's, you know, Isaiah Jackson or Charles Bassey um, um, out of Western Illinois. How do they feel about Mitch? Are they viewing these guys as potential starting replacements, or are they viewing them as, right now, backups, you know, backup just well, to you, support? You need multiple guys. You need, multiple. you need one off yeah. the bench. So I think they need a, a point guard, and they need a center. Uh, the wingman they'll probably address in free agency, whether yeah. that's DeMar DeRozan or someone else. But I think those first two picks should be a point guard and a center. Yeah, I think the first pick, and, and somebody in the chat asked about Trey Mann. I don't think Trey Mann's going to go up at 14. I think if the Knicks stand pat, I think he's a, he's a legitimate option for them, and I would love for them to have Trey Mann because he's, a, he's an absolute bucket getter um, out of Florida. So I, I think for me, I would like to go. There's a lot of nice combo guards, swing men available, whether it's Trey Mann. You have Jared Butler out of Baylor. Uh, um, you have Quentin Grimes out of Houston who you can get later on in the draft. He's a nice bucket getter as well, can play some defense, which Tibbs would value. And then I'm going three. I'm going either Trey Murphy. Mm-hmm. I'm going Kispert if he's there. Um, some people like Zaire Williams out of Stanford. There's a lot of there's a lot of threes, you know, four hybrids that are there for the Knicks as well. So um, shooters, give me some guys I can put if that can shoot. Point guard, a shooter, and center. Yeah. Those are the Knicks. Give me some I mean, guys that basically can everything. Yeah, that- basically everything. <laughs> We need One talent. of everything. We need talent. Noah's Ark offseason. Yeah. We'll take two of everything. A- absolutely, man. Let's get back to the phones, man. One, one of my favorite guys to talk to around draft time. He claims draft time as his own, man. But during the season, we call him the Debbie Downer because 
of, you know, he was in the select minority that didn't want to see the Knicks winning all these games. You know what I mean? He goes by Jay from Florida. Jay, what's going on, bro? Yeah, I'm back as Debbie Downer, live from the office. <laughs> Mid-work shift. He's got his librarian you know? voice on. He's, he's in the office right now. What's good, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid, mid-work shift. Listen, man, I'm I'm sad, man. I'm, I'm looking at free to see, you know, Norman Powell. Yeah. Uh... You know, Dennis Schroeder, you got these kind of guys. That, I mean, come on, how are we gonna get better? Like, how are we gonna get? People tell me the fourth seed was good. Good for who? Who was the fourth seed good for? For RJ? It's only good for RJ. Maybe quick. Listen, we're we're pricing ourselves out of these draft picks that we want. We don't even know if we get Trey Murphy at nineteen, right? Might so, not. what was the point of the fourth seed? Might not. We need talent. You say it all the time, CP. You know. Yeah. We need talent. You know, I like Jared Butler. I think Jared Butler got the full package, but we all know he got a heart issue. He got handled, he got a jump shot, he yeah. passed it great defensively. But, I mean, you're talking about three, four-tier guys. We need blueprint guys. We need a we need a real wing. We need a real point guard. We're yeah. out of that range, so how did we get there? The Warriors refused 14. They let that be known. Mm. Right? So how are we going to get even further up to, to 9 and 12? Yeah. So we're just in a bad spot, man. I, I – I'm I'm sad, man. I don't know what we go. I don't want normal power for twenty five million a year. I don't know about the rest. Jay, have of some faith. Jay, have some buck. faith, man. I mean, listen, no, listen. Uh, it could I'm very like, well turn out to be the off season of of rotational role players at the Knicks at the team, and that may not be a bad thing. You know what I mean? That may not be a yeah. bad thing, bro. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens, but. Again, I'm looking for Jared Butler, Cameron Thomas, Jalen Johnson, something like that, 1921, okay. get a big. We don't need Isaiah Johnson at 19. You, uh, Jackson, you, you, don't, you don't draft a big at 19. We yeah, I would, I would pass we, we, we hustling backwards. Yeah, we picked Mitch, uh, what, three years ago to go draft another big just like him? Sign Mitch to a little deal. Put Mitch as your starting five. You can go get JaVale or Willie Cauley-Stein. Somebody to just take, uh, play yeah. spot minutes with Mitch. You don't draft him at 19. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I necessarily anyway, I'm going. go there. Appreciate you, man. Get, get back to work, man. We, we need yeah, you Call back. from the cubicle. Call yeah. from the cubicle, man. Cubicle you heard calls. him, right? Yeah. He was like, yo, 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 it's me, Debbie Downer. I'm back. <laughs> I've been in the bathroom stall <laughs> calling <Yeah>. there. <laughs> hey, that's how it goes down in Knicks Fan TV, man. Fans got to get it in. They got to be heard, and they got to hear what's going on. Uh, you know, like I was telling Jay, you don't know. Maybe at 19, they, they find a guy, they find lightning in the bottle, they get Trey Mann, and he turns it to the next dame. Who knows? Who knows? Um, or maybe they I – I feel like at the very least they'll be able to get one or two plays in the draft that can fit spots in the rotation, and, and they'll fill the rest of the voids in free agency. It may not be that splash, but it'll, it'll be something that can help move the needle. The easiest thing would just be sign Kawhi Leonard. Like, can he just can, – can, <laughs> that would just solve you – know, Solve all our end problems. End the show here. Mic drop. Yeah, just yeah. drop the mic. Next boom. time, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Free agency's over. And then do Next whatever. Happen, Veteran man. minimums. Draft a couple yeah. guys. And the Knicks will, again, be a four seed. Yeah. Maybe better with Kawhi Leonard. The ACL injuries certainly set him back because now you don't even know when he's coming back. Yeah. You know, That's true. You don't know when he's coming back. It could be he might not even come back next year. Who knows That's true. with the ACL injury. So that that was a big setback for Kawhi. Um, and, yeah, we'll just have to see from there. I think the, the biggest names you're going to look at is, is Cal Lowry, CP3. You know, they say they say the Suns owner is cheap. Who knows? Does he, does, CP3's got to play your options for $40-plus million. Is he going to bet on himself to get a you know multi-year deal around – 30, says he take it back. I think Phoenix will take care of him, though. I'm a little surprised he's not just going to take that. I know you want yeah. the multi-year deal, but, it, you know, if you believe in yourself, 
go out, get your $40 million, and then get another contract after that because you're not getting 40 plus million on a multi-year yeah. deal. If he gets a multi-year deal, it'll probably be three years 100, three years 90, something in that range. And yeah. God bless him if he gets any. He probably will, but I would have took the 40, 44, 45. Take that, take that 40. Yeah, I think it's 44, man. Yeah. I think it's 44. It's it's ridiculous. But I think he's earned it. You know, he, yeah. he, he completely turned that franchise around, brought him to the finals. I don't think he's going to get him there again, but they, but he, he deserves to, to uh, you know, um, be taken care of by by Robert Sarver and, and Phoenix for the job that he did this year because I, I felt like CP3 had an MVP caliber year even though the stats may not reflect it I just felt like his overall impact in lifting that team up you know can't be understated 44.2 million he'll make <laughs> next year and two. he really put them over the top yeah. and you know he continues to defy the doubters saying oh he's yeah. too old oh I don't want to sign him he's too old he's too old yeah well you know they're not in the finals without him and obviously they kind of collapsed there after the 2-0 lead yeah, which yeah. shocked me um I was ready to do the uh the guy Suns and four Suns and four <laughs> and then it was Bucks and four straight Bucks, <laughs> Bucks and four straight, four straight so that man. took a twist for the worst for yeah. Phoenix but he put them on the map in a city that was you know starving yeah. for a team again I mean they couldn't win with Barkley and they tr- they try to win uh, with with CP and I, I think they're in good shape Couldn't to get go back Nash. next year. Couldn't get there with Nash either. Yeah. So, so yeah. they had they had multiple chances to get there. CP three put them over the top. Obviously Devin Booker developed and is a true superstar, one of the best players yeah. in the league. DeAndre Ayton continues to develop, so they got a good chance to be back next Absolutely. year. So I see no reason why he wouldn't come back. But if you want that New York spotlight, we'll give you some endorsements. <laughs> we'll give you a billboard. We'll give you a statue. We'll give you, you know, unlimited New York pizza for life. We'll give you Clyde. We'll give you Clyde wine and dine yeah. free whenever you want. So make it happen, CP3. CP3, man. Well, I, I think he knows that that uh, New York Zoo can always be a backup plan for him. He chose Phoenix, he said, to play with Devin Booker. I also, I also had read somewhere that, you know, he's got family still in L.A or his kids in L.A. still, so want to be a bit closer to them. So the Phoenix thing was a bit uh, easier to digest. I, I never thought we had a legit shot at him last year, but uh, who knows? Do you think if he won the title, there would be a much more yeah. legit chance of him leaving if he had won and then packed his bags and try and win somewhere else? I'm, I don't think so, man. I felt like, again, just wanting to come here and play with Booker, I don't think he would. Just like I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers and ring chase you know, people see him as a dirty cat player on on the court, but I think he has a bit more integrity there. Where he would, I think he would stick it out. Okay, so you thought he would out. go for a repeat if they had yeah, won? Yeah, yeah right. I think he would. I think he would. He would have to. Everyone called him out for the calling the hot snitch hotline uh, yeah. in the bubble. Poor CP3 is getting called a snitch. Like he's six nine out here. What is yeah. this? Yeah, man, it's, it's a cold world. And he's a players association president or executive, man. It's a Where's cold the love world, for CP3? Where I, I want him love, to get man. one. Just. You know, such a long, yeah, illustrious Hall of Fame career. Yeah. To not win a title, it just doesn't sit right in yeah. my NBA fan soul yeah. if he yeah. does not win one before he's True done. story. I, I was rooting for him, but, you know, I couldn't hate on the Greek freak winning one. My guy Bobby Portis won a championship he's before, a hero before the there. Knicks. He's a hero, man. Bobby, they, had, they had the Bobby shirts, you know, the Bobby chants, you know what I mean? I love that Giannis went to Chick-fil-A and got a 50-piece nugget the next day. Yeah. And I still haven't tried it, but he did the Sprite lemonade mix. I didn't try that, but it's interesting, though. I'm going to try it. Maybe after this, because I'm getting thirsty. I might try try that out. The Giannis drink. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, with Chick-fil-A, I'll get the lemonade, but I'll wait for the ice to, like, chill it out a little bit. It's a little too sweet. You know what I mean? You get charged up a little bit. So Did, Did you know pink lemonade has cranberry juice in it? I had no idea. I was told that. I had no idea. I thought it was just, like, some coloring. It has cranberry juice. 
fun very fact. Fun fact. That you fun may fact. never need to know. The, the more you know. I was told that by my co-host, Nelson Figueroa, and I, what? I Googled it, and it looks like he might have been right, so... Wow. I, yeah, I had no idea, man. Blows your mind. I had no idea. So, salutes everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Everybody joining us for the lunchtime hour. Uh, just to reset, we are live from Clyde's Wine and Dine here in New York City. And we are hosting this event for the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation's uh, Lunch with Legends. So, we have a lot of legends here from the 70s championship teams. Um, and, and all the proceeds go to the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation. And as I said, there is a silent auction going on right now. If you guys want to purchase some exclusive Knicks and NBA memorabilia, uh, some are autographed as well, make sure you hit the link. The link is in the video description so you can check it out. You can participate. And all the proceeds go to the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation. So it's going for a good cause. Um, hope We're hoping after lunch we'll get to hear from Dr. Barnett. We'll, maybe we'll hear from Clyde, uh, hopefully Earl the Pearl. I know John Starks is here. They said Alan Houston was here as well. Earlier, uh, if you guys had missed it, we spoke to uh, Bill Hoskett. He was a member of the 70s championship team. Then we had a great sit-down with, with Spike Lee. Make sure you catch that. The legend Spike Lee made his Knicks fan TV debut, so that, that was great. Uh, and then we had Mike Reardon as well. So we had some great guests so far, so make sure you guys are locking in. If you guys got to rewind, go ahead and rewind. But um, great show so far, man. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Barnett, I spoke to him a few months ago. What a character. I mean, one yeah. of, it was just a hilarious interview because – you know, one, he's prideful of being a doctor, which I would yeah, be, too. Yeah. If I was a doctor, I'd be have that on my uh, business card yeah, for yeah. sure, in front of my for business sure. card. But his style, his swag, we did the interview with him over video, and he had shades and a suit on. Yeah, me too. And we me weren't, too. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't even posting the video, but he was swagging ready. out. He was ready, man. And I was like, whatever. sometimes I wish I lived in that era. I'd have yeah, a lot more yeah. hair. I'd have an afro. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have, like, three-inch heels, a Studio 54, <laughs> disco ball. And who knows what else was going on then? Lots of lots of drugs, probably, yeah. um, in the 70s. But I kind of wish I lived in that era because guys like that, and yeah. they styled and profiled. And they, not all of them, they said, hung out off the court, mm -hmm. but they all styled off the court. Yeah. You know, we're looking at the Clyde in front of us, this little uh, thing. Of you him. got he's the got, tiger, and then you got the leopard. Yeah, he's all got on all, the walls. All yeah, the prints. Right so. Yeah, and, and Dick Barnett still, Dr. Barnett still looks like that. Yeah. So that was cool about him. And, you know, he loved those teams. And he, what was interesting about him is that, he had a crazy injury that some thought was mm -hmm. going to be career mm -hmm. ending. Achilles. And he not only he came back, and that was the year they won. He yep. came back, he was great, and they won. You have an Achilles injury now, you're done for the whole season. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that he came back, won, and was an integral part of a championship team, yep. in today's era, that is unheard of. You're out for Absolutely. a year, more than a year. Some yeah. guys miss a year and a half, two years. It was a different era back yeah. then. You come yeah. back from an Achilles injury and win a championship. Indeed, man. It's an incredible indeed. story. Perseverance, indeed.